welcome to Chick Chat, the Baby Chick Podcast. I'm your host, Nina Spears, the Baby Chick, and today we have Catherine Bequee, the founder of Fitness Mama, a proud mama of three, and a perinatal physiotherapist and host of her podcast, the Fitness Mama Podcast. On her podcast, Kath dives into all things pregnancy care, childbirth, and postnatal recovery, helping mothers to have a better pregnancy and afterbirth experience. Kath has over 16 years of professional experience guiding mamas through their pregnancy fitness journeys and postnatal rehab, and she specializes in pelvic floor rehabilitation. With these credentials, it's not hard to see why mamas are flocking to Kath for pre- and postnatal fitness help. We know how important it is to take care of ourselves, especially after giving birth, whether that's C-section or vaginal birth. Today, Kath is sharing her advice on how to best recover from childbirth as well as their pelvic floor, what exercises mom can do and can't do after birth, as well as her advice to new moms just beginning their postpartum journeys. We're excited to have her, so let's welcome Kath. Hi, Kath. We're so thrilled to have you as our guest on today's podcast here at Chick Chat. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Nina. It's lovely to chat today. Of course. So, Kath, we always like to learn a little bit about our guests. So please tell us what inspired you to specialize in perinatal physiotherapy. Tell us your whole story. Yeah, sure. Well, I started off physiotherapy, like physical therapy, as you call it, So I'm based in Australia and started off physical therapy thinking, you know what, I'm going to go into sports physio and I'm going to work with the footballers and all that sort of thing. And I soon discovered that I didn't love massaging sweaty hamstrings on the footy field. No way. (laughs) Crazy. (laughs) And I discovered this whole area of women's health that I thought was divine. So I was a young 20-year-old just doing all my placements in all the women's health clinics and loving chatting to all these pregnant women. And it just developed from there. And then when I had my first baby, it was a fantastic pregnancy. I can't complain. But then that first birth, the afterbirth recovery was a real surprise, massive shock to the system. I had symptoms of pelvic organ prolapse. I Yeah, it was just, even though I was well-versed, I was working in women's health, it was still a surprise. And then my second pregnancy, I had a young 18-month-old, I had pelvic girdle pain, so I struggled to walk, you know, 10 metres, I struggled to care for my toddler, struggled to even change a nappy, so I had to get extra care. And I just thought there's a whole area, like in the clinic, I see women when they've already got issues with aches or pains, or I see women when they've got issues with incontinence or prolapse and I thought we need to get onto more like being proactive and being a bit more preventative rather than waiting until there's issues and then going to see someone so that's where I really you know dived into the whole yeah everything I do now in terms of the online online workouts and resources for pregnant women but also yeah just working with women and being able to help them feel confident. It's a beautiful area. So that's a very long 
answer to a short question. <laughs> Not at all. No, that I've heard longer. So that was perfect. That was like succinctly put. And I love that you're so passionate about really the, like preventative care rather than, like you said, waiting for the issues to arise, trying to avoid those issues and educating women and empowering them. And I just love what you do. So we're just so excited to have you here with us. And also, I'm curious, can you just tell us the meaning behind your business name, Fitness? Like, how did that come about? I want to know, Fitness Mama. Well, I want women to feel fit, but it's not just about being fit and strong. This whole nesting concept, you know, nesting and creating a beautiful nest for your babies. It's so it's encompassing both the fitness aspect, but also the caring. Yeah, that nesting aspect too. Oh, that's beautiful. Okay, I was like, I'm. I feel like it's like nesting and fitness, but I was like, maybe there's more to it. I need to ask. But I love that <laughs> it's really complementing the woman's health, but also the side of motherhood. So that's just so beautiful. Mm, I love that. So, Kath, why is postpartum recovery so important, and how can moms best recover after childbirth? Okay, so postpartum recovery. I've feel traditionally, especially in our society, women have gone from being pregnant, you know, working full time, perhaps having a baby. And then like in our society, there might be, your partner might have a couple of weeks parental leave and then they're back at work and you might have to be at the supermarket with a trolley and wrestling a toddler and a newborn. Like there's Traditionally, I don't feel like women have done postnatal rehab very well. And I think postnatal rehab needs to be a thing. If a footy player has an injury on the footy field and they have an ACL reconstruction or whatever surgery or a hamstring tear, there's a really good sports protocol and a rehab program, which is fantastic. They go through a period of rest and then they might do some gentle strength work at the gym start some run-throughs and then finally they'd start training and then they wouldn't even go into a whole match of footy. They might do a quarter of a match and then a half a match. So whereas women, we just are expected to go from having a baby, massive like thing with the body, massive, whether or not you have a vaginal birth or a cesarean birth, and then this notion that women just expected to get on with it and like being able to invest in our bodies. We've got our bodies for the rest of our life. And we know that our pregnancy and childbirth are huge risk factors for developing pelvic health issues such as incontinence and prolapse. And we then know that there's another spike of these pelvic health issues around the time of menopause. So I find in the clinic, a lot of women come and see me in their 50s And really, they haven't done much in terms of pelvic floor and core since having babies. And the number of times I've heard women say, oh, I wish I had done this sooner or I wish I'd started sooner. And, you know, there's been 10, 15, 20 years has passed and like it's never too late. I know. But doesn't that break your heart, though? I just, for these women, I feel like it's one, like a taboo topic, like, oh, I don't want to talk about there being an issue down there, you know, or I don't know that there's resources to get better. Or if there are resources, oh, that's just beyond something that I can afford, you know, or no, every woman just recovers from birth normally, like, you know, like that snaps back and gets back to normal life. I shouldn't complain. Like, I'm sure, you know, 
this will get better over time. Like, I'm, have you heard kind of all of these things? A hundred percent. And, you know, I'm sure social media is fantastic for so many reasons and there's some great information on social media, but you also see women on social media getting back into running six weeks up postpartum or 12 weeks. Like it's just, I feel podcasts, this is one reason why podcasts have been amazing because I feel like it is opening the conversation up more about all these taboo topics and they're not as taboo as they once were. Yeah. So I think you're exactly right. Hmm. I agree. Oh, I'm so glad. So the second part of that earlier question, how can moms best recover after birth? What should they be doing? Okay. Well, I like to break it up into different phases. Yeah. So I guess let's talk about then those first few weeks and then kind of like, you know, just after birth to kickstart that postpartum recovery. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Because those first few weeks, I believe are crucial in terms of after birth recovery. And again, some cultures do this beautifully. You know, you hear cultures where women aren't allowed, this is, you know, taking it to totally different levels. But in some cultures, you think they're women, they're not allowed to leave their hut. Everything's brought to them. Their only job is to feed the baby and bond with the baby. And all the jobs are done. The whole village sort of steps in. And then in our society, <laughs> there's, there's no village. <laughs> well, <laughs> it's very fragmented or it's just a very different village. So I think in these first few weeks, let's talk about vaginal birth or vaginal birth, whichever way you say it. The pelvic floor muscles stretch 300%. Like it's a, they've got an amazing capacity to stretch. And if you think about it like an elastic band, we want that natural recoil to occur as much as possible. So you could be the strongest woman in the world, but it's not just the muscles that have stretched. It's all the soft tissues. It's the fascia and the connective tissue. And that just requires time to, you know, knit over and help those structures get stronger. And this is where I think in those first six weeks in particular, bursts of horizontal rest can be amazing because even when we're sitting, we've got gravitational forces sitting on top of all those muscles, tissues. So short bursts of horizontal rest throughout the day, trying not to do heaps of heavy lifting. So, you know, having some help with your toddler, trying not to lift the pram in and out the car, all those sorts of things. And rest is best. Yeah. And you're saying the first six weeks to really focus in on that. Yeah, exactly. So short walks, I tend to recommend, and this will vary depending on, you know, what sort of birth you had. So if in doubt, check with your healthcare provider. But I tend to recommend five minutes of walking in the first week. So I'm quite conservative and I'm getting more conservative as I get older. Five minutes in the first week. And you can do a few bursts of five minutes, just short little bursts in the first week, 10 minutes, second week, 15 minutes, third week, 20 minutes, fourth week, 25. And then by the time you get to six weeks, you're at 30 minutes. That versus, but this is what I did two weeks postpartum. My friend said, let's go to this cafe and I want to meet your baby. And I was proud to show off my little newborn. So off I trotted with the pram, half an hour walk to the cafe, which for me, I thought that was easy, right? Yeah. You know, I've been fit and active, great pregnancy, great birth. And then I got to the cafe, had the coffee, 
I walked home. I went to the little store and got some milk and bread on my way home. And by the time I got home, it was probably two or three hours later and I hadn't done much, but I had this feeling, prolapse, pelvic organ prolapse, this pelvic heaviness. I got home and said to my husband, I feel like I have a ton of bricks sitting on top of my pelvic floor. And it was just gravity. I just, I'd done too much for what my pelvic floor could handle in being up against gravity. And I think that's sometimes where women... Sometimes we feel good, but that's where I think a bit of a step-by-step strategy is quite helpful because even though we might feel good, our body might just not have caught up just yet. I love that. I'm so glad that you're saying this because I cannot tell you how many clients that I've worked with as a postpartum doula going into their homes and they're saying, but I feel great. And I go, yeah, but you have this massive wound inside your uterus that you really need to sit down or lay down and like rest. This is the time. I love this, that you're saying this, like women really need to slow down. And even though you feel good, still take it slow. You're right. Because it's very much a fine line isn't it yeah I'd feel good or women say oh I did too much I'm exhausted or I'm sore I've got a sore back or I'm leaking or you know so it's yes. there's no middle ground it's either you feel great or and if you over yeah those first yeah. six weeks yeah yeah And it's reminding me, so I have a six-month-old, so I just did this recently, and I remember at around two weeks, I, you know, had a wonderful, quick vaginal birth. It was great. And recovery at two weeks, I was feeling so good. I had been making sure I stay in bed, you know, the whole time. But one day I was like, you know what? I can get up and move some things. I have to do a photo shoot for baby chicks. So I need to move some things upstairs. And I went upstairs maybe three times that day. And when I went to lie down again, I realized when I went to the restroom, I had overdone it. My bleeding was picking up again, which I will say women who lay down too much and then they get up, you know, blood can pool in your uterus. And so it can look like you're bleeding a lot. But I knew that there was a difference. I knew that I had pushed my body too much. And that's when your body's saying, slow down. I know you feel good, but slow down. So I'm so glad that there are women like you that also preach this, but not only preach it, like really help women to practice this. So Kath, tell me now that we know that we really need to be resting and short spurts of horizontal rest and then five minute increments of walking each week, you can up it. So how about the following months? Do you recommend, you know, a specific roadmap for postpartum recovery? What does that look like? Yeah, great question. So I have a bit of a roadmap, but it's very dependent on what are your goals? What were you like before you got pregnant? You know, were you running a marathon every year or did you not really do much formal exercise? So there's a few things, factors to consider. What was your previous level like? What are your goals? And that's a massive one because if your goals, if you just want to feel confident when you're running around with your kids at the park, that's a very different goal to getting back to long distance running, for example. So there is a roadmap, but I think it doesn't matter what your goals are. If every woman could include, and this is, doesn't matter what sort of birth you had, but include some sort of pelvic floor and core, because these are the muscles that are stretched during pregnancy and childbirth. So 
this also might look different for everyone depending on what sort of birth they had and what sort of recovery they're having. So if you are able to get yourself a pelvic floor assessment from your local women's health physiotherapy or physical therapist, yeah, that is fantastic. So I tend to recommend that from six weeks onwards to help give you a personalised plan moving forward. And look, not everyone can access this for many reasons, finances, or maybe there's none near them, like location, maybe people don't want to have an internal vaginal examination. So there's lots of different reasons. And that's where in my program, for example, I teach how to do a pelvic floor lift and how to sort of self-assess and then a plan moving forward. So that's sort of second option if you're unable to have an individualised pelvic floor assessment. So once you reach six weeks, you're feeling like you're wanting to get moving a bit, starting to think, how am I going to do my pelvic floor? This will look different for everyone, but trying to get it into a bit of a routine. So whether or not it's when you're breastfeeding or when you're you're sitting down having your cup of tea, you know, pelvic floor, they're boring, right? Right? Yes. (laughs) And you forget them because they're boring. You're like, oh, shoot, I should be doing this. (laughs) A hundred percent. And that's why at the end of every workout, I'm like, no one's leaving until they've done their pelvic floor. I can see you. (laughs) Yeah, working out when would work well with your lifestyle. So that's great. But then it's not just about your pelvic floor and core. It's your whole body needs to get stronger again. If we think about that footy player, You know, they're not just rehabbing that one little area of their body. They're doing whole body strength work, whole body balance, postural work, core work. So thinking about a plan, I don't think just going for a walk and doing a couple of pelvic floor here and there is enough to really get the most out of your recovery. I think we need to enhance, like walking's fantastic. It's free, it's easy, it gets you out into the fresh air. But I think I really do believe we need to enhance walking with a bit more of a structured postnatal rehab program. Perfect. So mamas need to get an assessment from their local physical therapist, physiotherapy. And if not, if they don't feel comfortable, they can look up your resource and learn how to do a self kind of assessment, which is good. Some light walking and do them kegels is that basically did I get it right (laughs) yeah basically that's right and then the other thing is if you want to get it back into high impact whether or not that's playing basketball or netball or running whatever it is for you or crossfit again that's where I really think a bit of a step-by-step strategy is important because this is where I also see women in the clinic is when they're feeling good They've gone for walks, you know, they might have been doing some pelvic floor here and there. And then nine months postpartum, they they wake up one morning and they're like, oh, I had a good night's sleep last night. I'm going to go for a run. (laughs) And half an hour later, they might have issues with aches or pains or leaking they've never felt before. So this is where I think don't just go all into it. Rather than getting straight into running, do a bit of a plan, you know, that includes some runs and walks and some interval work or that you know gradual increase into that single leg high impact work 
Perfect. Okay. Now this is kind of speaking to me a little bit, (laughs) but being a new mom again, you know, being just a mom in general, it's overwhelming and exhausting and just all the things. How do you recommend moms make their strength and recovery a priority? Because, you know, we are so quick to put ourselves last on our priority list. It's always about our family, our home, everything else. And then we're the last one on the totem pole. How do you really get women to recognize, all right, you know, I need to take care of me. And even though I'm tired, even though I'm exhausted, how do they fit it in? How do you get women to do this? Yes. I love this question because I think if we, like it's all well and good saying, you know, go and do this, go and do that. But at the end of the day, if you don't even have energy to have a shower, like right. how? <laughs> So, again, this will look different for everyone because everyone's in a different situation. But I think the number one thing is to be kind on yourself. Like, your body has been through so much and you're you're right. There's a lot to learn. You need to learn how to change nappies and breastfeed and look after toddlers perhaps. And there's a lot of demands on a mum. So I think being kind is number one. There's no point in beating ourselves up over something we should have done or couldn't do or whatever it is. So the second thing would be to work out, I guess it's to change up. Well, for me personally, I had to change for a few years when all my kids were young. I had three kids, four and under, and I was like, I had to change what my previous perception of exercise was. It no longer included driving to the gym, doing an hour-long workout, having a shower at the gym, stopping off at the supermarket on the way home, getting home two to three hours later. Like that whole notion had just had to go out the window. And this is, I guess, why I might be biased, but I think uh, being able to work out at home with your kids running around, maybe your baby sleeping for five minutes. This is why I love my online program. But this is we're lucky in this day and age that we've got the internet. It's accessible to us. And I think that, as again, I'm biased, but I think there'll come a time in every woman's life where unless they do exercise at home or when they're surrounded by chaos, it ain't going to happen. And the other thing too is if you're feeling exhausted and if you're sleep deprived, You don't have to exercise to feel even more exhausted. You know, there's stuff that you can do to help you feel invigorated and refreshed and five minutes or 10 minutes might be all that you need on some days. You know, 10 minutes of beautiful stretches and some core exercises, that could be amazing. And you're doing that while your baby's lying next to you. So I think to reframe what is exercise to me or what is it, To reframe exercise, I think it's really important and to have a think about how you can fit it into your lifestyle so that it's not a burden, but rather it's something that you look forward to, that you know is going to help you feel great afterwards because at the end of the day, that's what it's all about, right? Right. We know the mental health benefits of exercising. Like, sure, it will help with how you're looking and, you know, all those physical aspects, but... At the end of the day, we just want to feel human. (laughs) We want to feel good as a mum and some days really rough. So 
I guess be kind to yourself, work with your body, not against it, have small goals and keep chipping away. You know, if you don't manage to do something one day, that's fine. Like try the next day. Something is better than none. This is my personal saying. Something is better than nothing. Done is better than perfect. Oh, I love that, Kath. That's so good. That's so great. Oh, okay. Yes. And something that's also helped me for our listeners putting it on your schedule. Because if it's not on my calendar, it's not happening. Like I have this appointment with you, like here on my calendar, like, oh, I'm going to get to chat with Kath. We're going to talk all about this great stuff. But if I don't also put, you know, the 30 minutes of, hey, this is the time that I'm going to work on me and do X, Y, and Z for exercises or breath work or whatever, stretches, it's not going to happen if it's not on my schedule. So that's at least something that has really helped me. That's right. I love that. And the other one is talking to your partner about it. If there's someone else at home with you, yes, you know, get them in on it. So perhaps they know for 15 minutes they might get to hold the baby or whatever it is. And then you're also accountable to them as well. Yes, <laughs> because yes you've exactly. Told them you're doing it. Or it could be a girlfriend, call them up and say, okay, this is what we're doing today or yeah, I love that. So schedule it in. That's so great. And try to make yourself accountable. Yes. Oh, I agree. I agree. Okay. So back to pelvic floor therapy, because this is one of your specialties. So what do moms need to be aware of when they're working on their pelvic floor recovery after childbirth? And why is that important? Like, what do they need to be thinking about? Okay. Well, pelvic floor, there's a couple of functions of the pelvic floor. So Pelvic floor is really important for helping to prevent incontinence. So we don't want to be leaking when we're coughing or sneezing or lifting up our baby or jumping on the trampoline with our kids. So that's one way the pelvic floor can help because it helps to tighten up all those openings. So it's not just urine we're talking about. We're talking about feces and also wind. So we want to be able to hold in wind if we need to. So it's those three things. So that's one aspect. And then the other thing that pelvic floor helps with is supporting your organs. So that's your bladder, your bowel, and your uterus. And that helps to prevent or manage things such as prolapse, pelvic organ prolapse. And you might notice you've got a prolapse if you feel like what I had was a pelvic heaviness and dragging sensation, or perhaps you're noticing a vaginal bulge or lump. Or sometimes it can even just feel like there's a tampon stuck, but you have no tampon in. So sometimes it's more subtle symptoms. Yes. So there are two reasons why we want to protect our pelvic floor or work our pelvic floor. And the other way that we can help protect our pelvic floor is managing things such as constipation. So if you do notice you're straining on the toilet, go and have a chat to your doctor and perhaps your dietitian too to focus on that side of things so managing constipation managing any chronic coughs so if you've got asthma or if you've been coughing a lot lately let's also go and get that checked out maintaining weight is also really important in helping prevent pelvic floor issues and I'm sure I've forgotten one but they're the main ways that we can really help to protect the pelvic floor 
What was your question, Nina? I feel like I totally went off on a tangent there. (laughs) No, this was beautiful. This was wonderful. No, I wanted to know why it was important, which you just answered, all of those reasons we want to avoid and really be aware of all of this. So that you basically answered it. I just wanted to know, you know, what do women need to be aware of during their pelvic floor recovery? So you did answer it. So my next question for you, Kath, is what can moms do Once they're like, okay, I'm aware. Now that I know, oh, she's talking about heaviness. She's talking about, you know, constipation. She's talking about incontinence. She's talking about prolapse. Like, oh my gosh, I might be experiencing some of these things. What can they do to recover their pelvic floor? Is there anything that they can do at home first if it's maybe minor before they have to, you know, go see a specialist? Yeah, great question. I think... The first thing, well, I'm very big on nipping things in the bud. So let's say you do have a prolapse. The pelvic floor muscle strengthening is not necessarily going to fix the issues, but there's research to show it might help to reduce your symptoms of prolapse. And the same with the leaking. I think if you identify anything that I just said, is like, oh, that sounds like me. I don't think it's worth trying to fix it yourself. I personally think if you can go and get it assessed, it might help to nip things in the bud. The earlier treatment is better than waiting. What does that treatment look like? So then they're not so intimidated to go to, you know, a specialist because they're like, oh, they're going to put all these probes inside of me and do whatever. (laughs) Like, you know what I mean? So what can they expect? So it's not so scary or the unknown. Yeah, good question. So I guess there's two ways. Well, the way I assess pelvic floor, there's two main ways. The first is via a real-time ultrasound machine. So you know the same ultrasound that they look at the baby, but we just look at the muscles. So once you've had your baby, we could just put the ultrasound machine on your tummy around the bikini line and ask you to lift your pelvic floor and relax your pelvic floor. And that tells us in general terms if you've got a good lift, and a good relaxation. So it's better than nothing. Like it, it, it might be all that we need, depending on if someone came to me, they just want a bit of a postnatal check, they've got no symptoms, they just want to make sure they're activating the muscles and they've got everything working, then that might be all that is required. If someone comes to me with symptoms, or if they're really wanting to get back into running or some high impact work, or if they had a difficult delivery, it's always up to you. You don't have to have it, but I tend to recommend a vaginal examination, and that, which is an internal examination, because it just gives more information. You can find out the strength, endurance, coordination. You can find out if there's any muscle tension, like overactive pelvic floor. You can assess for prolapse. You can assess the power. Like there's just a lot more things you can assess with an internal vaginal examination. So it's very gentle. It doesn't hurt. It it just includes a gloved finger being inserted into the vagina. And so it's a lot more, often my clients are like, oh, this isn't going to be like a pap smear, is it? And I'm like, no, 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 it's much more gentle. There's no discomfort. You let me know how it's feeling. Hopefully that's helped. Yeah, that does. And I also want to say, I don't think it's as, it's not as vigorous as like a cervical exam because the cervical exam, they're inserting almost their entire hand in there to get all the way to your cervix, which can, you know, go towards your back. Whereas what you're doing is a lot gentler from what I can imagine. Yes, 100%. It is 
it's definitely more gentle and it shouldn't cause discomfort. And I always say to my clients, you know, you're in control here. If you want to stop at any stage, totally up to you. Just let me know. And usually afterwards they're like, oh, that wasn't as bad as I thought. I'm so glad I had it done. Yes. Okay. See, we're clearing this up. So then listeners are like, all right, it's not that bad. (laughs) The other thing I just want to clear it up and is in Australia, not every physio leaves university knowing how to assess pelvic floor. Oh, wow. Okay. It's a postgraduate, well, for us, it's postgraduate training. So we had to go back to university to learn this. So if in doubt, just before you make the appointment, just check that it's a they, they specialize in pelvic floor rehab. Yeah, because that is extra training. Absolutely. Oh my goodness. I'm so glad that you interjected that piece of information because I think that is absolutely important. <laughs> you need to go to a specialist. Not everyone should be doing a vaginal exam, checking out your pelvic floor. So if they're yes, 20 please. years old, they probably <laughs> haven't yet done the specialist exam. <laughs> exactly. Okay. No, that is so, so helpful. Okay. Now, Kath, what are the top tips for getting back into fitness after giving birth? So we've talked about the pelvic floor, but just getting back into fitness what are your top tips okay yeah we have brushed over a lot of it so I think everyone needs to include pelvic floor and core in their program one way or another and again this will look different for everyone everyone needs to include whole body strengthening so you know let's work those really important muscle groups um, do some great squats and lunges and those sorts of things and then getting back into postnatal fitness a step-by-step plan to build up your walking gradually. Don't suddenly go out for a two-hour long walk. Getting back into running, build up your little bursts of running gradually. And I think if everyone, you know what, uh, France and England, every single woman gets access to a pelvic floor physio assessment, like multiple, like it's just part of their rehab program. Uh. That sounds divine. I know. That sounds wonderful. amazing? <laughs> we don't have that. <laughs> yeah, neither do we. <laughs> so if you're wanting to get back into fitness and you're thinking, I don't know where to start, I think it would be great to just write down what are your goals? What, what would, in the ideal world, what would you love to be able to do? And then write down what do you feel is in your capacity to do now? Like what can you do today? And that will help you to break it down into small little chunks. So sure, you might want to get back into 10-kilometer runs, but today you're struggling to even leave the house. So if you've thought of those two things, then you can think, okay, if this is where I'm at now, what can I aim to be at in a month or a week? You know, what could I be doing in a month? And then that can help to break down goals. So goal setting is really important when it comes to postnatal fitness. And that will, yeah, include hopefully all your pelvic floor and core strengthening and gradual increase in exercise. Fantastic. Are there any exercises new moms should avoid after childbirth? We've talked about what they should do, but what should they not be doing? Oh, this is a good question. And it's a little bit contentious. Like I don't believe from what research has shown us is that from what I believe, there's nothing that we should be avoiding per se, but I personally do feel there's ways that we can be doing certain exercises that are more favorable so for example when you're doing a pelvic sit-up we want to be doing a pelvic floor lift and including some beautiful breath work rather than holding your breath bearing down through your pelvic floor as you do your sit-up planks for example a lot of people say don't do planks don't do planks 
However, I believe that there's a way to do plank that isn't going to put extra stress and strain on the pelvic floor and abdominal area. So they're the two main ones you probably hear a lot about on like social media and stuff is don't do sit-ups for 12 weeks or don't do planks for 12 weeks. I don't like to put those black and white things into place. In my membership, I teach women what to look out for when doing certain exercises and how to do them properly. But the one thing I would say is after having a baby, don't get back into the high impact work too quickly. I personally think, well, the guidelines wait 12 weeks to get back into running. And I think that is really quick. I think if we really want to do our body justice, the more we can work on our rehab before hitting the pavements with running, the better. So what I said before, like at 12 weeks, you might start your gradual return to running program. You might not go straight into just because you've hit 12 weeks doesn't mean you're suddenly ready to go and run five kilometers. So that would be my only thought is you have got the rest of your life to get fit again after having a baby. So let's just pay a bit of attention and be purposeful with what we do and look after our bodies because it deserves it. Like it's been through such a beautiful thing with pregnancy and childbirth to be able to reinvest in our bodies is I think beautiful and crucial. Here, here. I agree. I love everything you just said. I couldn't agree more. And I think that those are all things that women need to keep in mind after they've had their baby. I think that we put so much pressure on ourselves as moms to, you know, like I was saying before, we're the last on the totem pole, but then there's also so much pressure to get back to it, bounce back body. And so, oh, I have to start dieting. I have to start working out. But figuring out the right way to go about it, to take care of our bodies and listen to our bodies and knowing that there are things that we can still do. It's just reframing it and looking at the right way for what our body needs in this time. So like you're saying, planks and and sit-ups and those kind of things. So that is so wonderful. And again, having people like you that people can reach out to and ask questions and learn to make Make sure that they're taking care of their bodies the right way after birth is such a beautiful thing. So that's just awesome. So Kath, what advice would you give to a new mom just beginning her postpartum journey? Like she just spit out a baby. What's going to happen? What do you recommend? <laughs> I love that. Look, I think first six weeks, be kind to you all, all the time. Be kind to yourself. Just it's amazing at the time you feel every day goes for such a long period of time. But this stage that you're at will pass and it's a beautiful stage and just trying to enjoy each stage and I know I remember hearing that when I was in the thick of it thinking oh no I do not like this stage of being woken up on the hour every hour (laughs) but now like I've got three kids my youngest is four and I look at these newborn babies I'm like oh my ovaries hurt (laughs) I want another baby (laughs) so look my advice would be Try to prioritise yourself and put yourself, as you said, back up to the top of that to-do list and whether or not that's just five minutes a day or perhaps it's ten minutes a day, do something for yourself every day, getting into that habit to help you feel good in those first six weeks. And then once you've had your medical clearance from the doctor from six weeks, then, you know, think about your plan and I think we owe it to our bodies we owe it to ourselves if we want to set our body up for future pregnancies and for post and menopause then 
yeah, my advice would be just be purposeful, enjoy the moment, be kind to yourself, but let's also put a bit of structure into place so that it is easier to prioritize yourself. Perfect. I mean, that's amazing. I hope all of you almost new mamas, you're just at the end of your pregnancy. You listen to this and take this in and use that wonderful advice, Kath. That was fantastic. So are there any resources that you recommend that women look into when starting to think about postpartum recovery? Yeah, this is a great question. I think we've talked about your local women's health physio. Make sure they're easily accessible. You don't want to be driving if you can, you know, two hours somewhere because that's just not going to happen. And it might mean that you only need one checkup or if you've got any concerns or issues, you might need a couple. But then the second resource, again, this will vary depending on you and your goals. It's to find exercise program that you have confidence in with their postnatal rehab. So I don't think all programs are the same. So if you've got a personal trainer, just make sure they do understand what happens to the woman's body after having baby and understand the basics in the pelvic floor because I think that can go a long way in terms of helping you with your postnatal rehab. Perfect. Yes. Yes. I love that. And you've answered all of my questions. Thank you so much for this. My final questions are, you know, just, do you have any like just final thoughts or just piece of advice or just last words you want to leave our listeners with that, uh, regarding this whole topic? Oh, oh, I think it would be to be kind to yourself, but also be consistent, try to chip away and just work out how you can invest back into your body because you've been through the beautiful journey and I think every mum's goal out there is to feel confident and feel like they've got the best motherhood possible and I think that really does come hand in hand with looking after our mental health and our physical health too. I love that. That's awesome. Okay, Kath, now we need to know where can our listeners find you? Tell us all the details. Yes, I've got a podcast and it's got some great expert speakers on all things pregnancy, birth and recovery. So that's the Fitness Mama podcast. So F-I-T-N-E-S-T-M-A-M-A. And then all the platforms are the same. So Instagram at Fitness Mama and the website's fitnessmama.com. Yeah. Easy. You make it so easy. (laughs) And come and say hi. I love a good DM. (laughs) Well, y'all, did you hear her? Hit her up. Absolutely. We must. (laughs) This was just wonderful, Kath. Thank you so much for sharing your tips and advice with us. This was just wonderful. Thanks, Nina. It's so lovely to chat about. Yes, of course. And for our listeners out there to learn more and follow Kath, as she said, visit her website at fitnestmama, F-I-T-N-E-S-T-M-A-M-A.com. Check out her Facebook and Instagram at fitnessmama, as well as her podcast, the Fitness Mama Podcast. Our team will be posting today's episode on our Baby Chick Facebook page. So if you have any questions or comments about childbirth and postpartum recovery, as well as pelvic floor recovery, please share them with us in the comments. And as always, if you haven't already, please subscribe to Chick Chat, the Baby Chick podcast, wherever you listen to podcasts.